0: great work yesterday guys we set a record a record that could uh potentially never be broken 646 texts were sent yesterday during locked in alone from 2 to 3 p.m 646 texts which i am about 99.9 percent sure is a k ref record do you think we could do it again today Do you think we can... uh, No, I doubt it. Samaj P. Ryan, our old record? Yesterday is the Melvin (laughs) Gordon game. Today's the Samaj P. Ryan game a week after. Quite frankly, I doubt it. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of a uh, a topic that we could get to to get to 650 text messages today. We kind of got there yesterday on the, well, if there was a change at OC, who would you want? That got us about half of the 646 texts today. But yeah, it's it's going to be tough to top yesterday. But we'll try. 405-651-3439. And I guess we can start today on the text line by uh, asking everyone what's one word to describe this OU fan base right now and how it's feeling. One word and one word only. Hysterical. hysterical. Pissed is going to show up quite a bit as well, I'm sure. One word to describe the OU football fan base. I'm sure there's a, a lot of words to describe it. Uh, but it is a big visit week for OU. That 6 p.m. kickoff time matters. Brent basically said as much today during the press conference. It's Eddie Pierre-Louis and it's Grant Bricks, right? I mean, we're going to check in every single day this week to make sure that's still on track. Is Grant Bricks' season over? Did Logan Magnolia lose in the playoffs His last week? His season is
1: indeed over, yes. Okay,
0: so that'll make it a lot more manageable for him to, to make it to Norman this weekend. So he's those two are still good to make it into town this week, Correct.
1: Yes. Or, or, it's, or 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 is
0: one not 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 so good. Some of these folks in the text line are taking a lot of
1: creative license. Well, um, I <laughs> we're on our way to getting to 650 today. I can just tell they're rolling yeah, in. But yeah, no, both of those guys are expected as of right now to be on campus this weekend. Yes. So, bricks uh, coming down from Iowa, EPL coming up from Florida. And I would say this is if if it's not blatantly obvious already, this is the visit that's going to determine whether or not they are sooners or not.
0: This could stand as the most critical day left on the calendar, Saturday, of the twenty twenty four recruiting cycle. Yep. No right? doubt about F- it. Fine fine with that. No with that. doubt about it. No it's, question. It's gonna be very telling. Uh if 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 Bricks and EPL do make it to, to Norman on Saturday, I mean I'm I'm gonna guess they're gonna have a great visit. But, it's, yeah, it's going to go a long way and uh, end up having a really good offensive line class. So we haven't talked about predictions a lot for either of these two. And so I went back and looked today. For Grant Bricks, there's one crystal ball and one crystal ball only. And the crystal ball is to Kansas State. Okay, well, we feel like OU and Nebraska are the one-two there. And then you go to the rivals' future cast, and 75% of the future cast are in for OU right now. So if you just want to look at all the predictions that are in, it seems like OU's got the most, followed by Nebraska and K-State behind. Yeah, what's hilarious it's right is
1: if you go to the three major recruiting sites, obviously 24-7 favors Kansas State in the crystal ball. With rivals, one. With one. Yeah. Rivals favors OU in the future cast, and on three favors Nebraska in the RPM. So. So each All team over has the a board lead right now
0: each team uh each team has a lead for e p l the future cast for o u on rivals is one hundred percent. I think the crystal balls are at eighty percent o u uh is is what it said earlier today so okay, yeah. that's that's where uh things stand right now on the uh on the prediction front. You told me uh about a week ago that there was a chance that you flipped your future cast for e p l from an o u to u c f and it felt like it was <laughs> there imminent, was a but chance. it never
1: happened I gosh man i that recruitment is just. There's one. There's generally one recruitment every single year that I just get fed up with. Just this is really fed up with, and I think this is it. I'm just make the call, and I think it would be made one way or another after this weekend. So I, I, I've said it for two weeks now. I'll continue to say it. I think if he shows up this weekend, mm. he's a Sooner. If he does not show up, if somehow that visit doesn't happen. That is the point at which I will in all likelihood flip Well, I, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think you'd, you'd have to if he doesn't show up. Slim Brady wants to know, is EPL's visit and OV? No, he took his OV with Oklahoma back in June.
0: You know, I don't know if this would... Like, we're getting a whole lot of one-word answers right now for the mood of the fan base. And what, what are we getting right now? Mental, disappointed, flabbergasted... Pissed, betrayed, cranky, confused, fanatical, frustrated, spoiled, scorned. Like, not, like, kind of what we thought we would get. Um, If these two really care about the mental well being of the fan base, and I'm not saying it would totally fix everything. (laughs) But during in the middle of kicking for chicken, if EPL and Grant Bricks were to publicly commit on the field during the game, then it would make, at least in the moment, it would make you feel a little bit better about things. So if those two care about that, which I know they don't, but a live commit
1: on the field on Saturday would be be pretty amazing. They do one of those mascot races, (laughs) and EPL just tosses off the mascot head. He's after got an OU a, cap on. After
0: running a four seven four yeah, exactly. 7 an offensive lineman.
1: After just toasting everybody in the race, throws off the mascot cap, he's got the OU hat on. Or he has
0: a mask during kicking for chicken, and he makes the field goal. Free Chick-fil-A for a year, and everyone wants him as an offensive lineman slash kicker for next season. And then what, be, what would be experience. the most
1: grand bricks thing ever? He's riding the schooner. Y- yeah. Driving the horses. Yes. Yeah. It's sooner's got, it's not tipping over if uh, Grant Bricks has got the reins. That that,
0: that ain't nope. happening. He's he's nope. experienced there. Um yeah, that's one word answer to uh to describe the the fan base right now. Moronic, Patrick says confused. A lot of these that I can't read, uh to be
1: honest with you. But somebody in the four oh suit somebody in the four two said trusting the process, one word. So they turned trust okay. in the process. Yeah, they put all one
0: eight says baffled, four oh five says overreacting. Is there any overreacting? There's a lot of overreacting.
1: Yeah. In, in
0: in what way is there overreacting going on with the fan base? Well, people want to fire mm-hmm.
1: Jeff Levy, I would start there. You think that's way too soon? Again, I I and I forget who was it that texted in at the end of last hour that said it, but it a move like that is how you become Nebraska. A reactionary firing based on nothing more than a couple of weeks' worth of evidence that your offense isn't moving in the right direction, as if that is somehow indicative of your trajectory the rest of the season. Oklahoma could come out and firebomb their way to a win against West Virginia, have 600 total yards of offense this weekend, and nobody is going to be texting in on Monday complaining about Jeff Mm -hmm. Lebby. And to be honest... If 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 your entire argument for firing Jeff Levy is he's not good at situational football, not good at managing those late-game situations, look, I get it. And you're right. He hasn't been good in that department these last couple of games. That is not cause to fire someone, especially not someone that has your offense atop the conference in it, total it, yards. It's
0: just got to look a lot better these final three games. That That's what's got to happen. It can't continue to turn the ball over three times and – have just just terrible mistakes, you know, uh, five, ten yard penalties that really caught. Like, I, I just, I think we need this offense just to be more potent here <laughs> moving forward, right? Like, yeah. get out of this season with a good taste in your mouth and feel like it's at least heading in the right direction. I think that that is very critical for the last three games of the regular season. Don't get held to twenty one, twenty four points in games here down the stretch. Like, go start hitting on those deep balls. Be more aggressive. You've you've ran the ball pretty well the past two weeks, you know? I mean, considering what the rest of the year has looked like. But these past two games, you're starting to find
1: it maybe a little bit in the run game. That's got to look even better here moving forward. Yeah. Well, and I think my biggest issue is I, I think a lot of people look at the situation with the offense and have convinced themselves. They kind of carry this unconscious belief that the grass is always greener. And you can always upgrade. And somewhere there's an offensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator that Oklahoma would ultimately hire to fire uh, to fill Jeff Levy's shoes, that would provide you with an upgrade. And that's not always true. That's not always true. So you have to have clear evidence. That your offense is underperforming, not living up to expectations, and you also have to have a very strong belief that you know of someone somewhere that can upgrade before it makes sense to move on from a guy like Jeff Levy. Because situational play calling hasn't been great. That's something that's very easy to improve upon as a coach. What's not as easy is overhauling an offense, installing a new scheme, having your players learn a new playbook, recruiting to a new philosophy. i it, and I'm not saying you take the path of least resistance. What I am saying is, please be patient. Because four weeks ago, this conversation was not happening. And it was because the Sooners were 7-0, or 7-0, excuse me, and Levy had just orchestrated a game-winning drive to go beat Texas in the biggest game
0: of the year. I game. think uh, we just talked about the things that you need to see down the stretch of the season here, the final three games, going into the offseason feeling like, okay, it wasn't great in that two-game setback, but you ended the year with a lot, you know, your, your offense is a lot better. Here's maybe more than anything, what they need to find a way to do. Parker, they can't just they can't just move the ball going up tempo all the time. They they have to be able to move the ball in more situations than, hey, we picked up a first down, let's just go really fast. Because that really kind of seemingly is the only time consistently that they can move the ball fast. And Teddy and I talked about it yesterday is, you know, these teams are faking injuries and I hate it. I think it's weak, but it's smart on their part. Yeah. Because they're thinking well, if we fake injuries after first downs, it's a lot harder for them to go tempo, and we feel like that's the only time they can consistently move the ball. That can't be the case with an OU offense. You've got to have more than just one weapon, and a lot of people will call that weapon a gimmick weapon. Got to be better than just, just out of tempo.
1: Uh, listener from the 405 texted in to say, Has everyone forgotten that this is year two of a complete rebuild? And yes, I feel as though most folks have forgotten that. And look, 7-0 was a great start for this team. Did they overperform in hindsight? Yeah, they probably did to a certain extent. And they're not a college football playoff caliber team right now. Again, I think you saw that in the Kansas game. Regardless of whether they won or lost that game, I would have walked away thinking, okay, this is a team that is good but not great, and that's fine. Again, as long as you are seeing progress, and I think on the large scale you are. If you want to isolate the last three weeks offensively and say that Oklahoma has moved in the wrong direction, say, okay, you have a case. But on the whole, we've seen this offense improve and get better. I would say markedly better from 2022 to 2023. And if you have the same type of growth, the same type of leap from 23 to 24, and you have a guy in Jackson Arnold – under center next year, that is a true difference maker at that position. You're going to have a really, really successful football team. I do think.
0: WSCC. I do think this Texas is fair. From the seven one three, we are paying top salary for Jeff Lebby at uh, two million dollars a year. He has to do better. Two and seven and one-score games last two years isn't cutting it, especially since offense had chances to close in most of those games. His unit has had many deficiencies and lack of discipline. Now, the two and seven and one-score games, that's what this staff is since they arrived at OU. That's not all on the offense, and that's not all on Jeff Lebby, but you are paying him $2 million a year. He's one of the highest-paid assistants in college football right now, so I do think it's fair to expect high-level results when you're paying that much money year in and year out. I mean, that's. I, I think that that's very fair from the text line. So the results have got to significantly improve here. Yes, but
1: I want to remind everybody of this fact. Jeff Lebby is an alumnus of the University of Oklahoma. Now, why does that matter? I'll tell you why that matters because Lebby is an alumnus, because he has a natural attachment to OU as somebody that attended school and experienced the genesis of his coaching career at OU, he's not going to be as eager to just jump to whatever the next opportunity is. It's going to have to be an opportunity that is a little bit more special, a little bit more meaningful than just your average run of the... Like, for instance, group of five head coaching job for Jeff Lebby, is he going to... Take that over being the offensive coordinator at a place like Oklahoma and making $2 million a year? No, I don't think so. So I think the $2 million that you're paying Jeff Levy is as much for stability as anything else because stability, that's a tough thing to establish for any program when you're talking about the rest of the staff beyond the head coach because so often you have coordinators that are making the jump to becoming head coaches and you're having to replace guys. And that's having a trickle-down impact on recruiting, on development. Replacing coordinators is not – like if it's something you can avoid, you'd like to be able to avoid that. You know, it's it's just fun. Like how much we've talked about Jeff
0: Levy over the past couple of weeks. It feels like the conversation last year with Ted Roof. Like all the all the Levy texts we're getting, those were those were Ted Roof last year. And how many times have we talked about Ted Roof during the season this year? None. not, not Zero not times. A whole, not, it's like some people forget he's on the staff from time to time compared to last year. Um, also, real quick before the break, like we're talking about two recruits. Oh, will these two guys make it into Norman this weekend? It's big for OU in the 24 class. I saw today that Florida State has over 100-plus recruits. Coming in for their game against Miami this weekend. Over one hundred recruits coming oh into in Tallahassee. It's yeah. <laughs> a lot of chicken fingers. That is a lot going on there in Tallahassee. 405-651-3439. Keep it coming on the Kenipple Meyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to more OU football. More OU crewton next right here on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we are the Homeless fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and yes you, the ref army as well. Listening nationwide via the free KREF app. They're listening in Milwaukee, Wisconsin today, Denver, Colorado, Portland, Oregon, Crockett, Texas, Burlington, Kentucky, Simpsonville, South Carolina, and yes, Morgantown, West Virginia. So be sure not to say anything oh, uh, wow. too revealing since Morgantown's listening today. Who's listening in Morgantown, Texas, 405 651 3439? Neil Brown, is that you? Owen Schmidt, are you back in Morgantown, the ex-fullback there? Is that is that you? Did they bring on Connor Stallions? <laughs> Maybe. To do some advanced scouting? Sure. I'll be taking West Virginia and the, the points if that's the case. <laughs> Who's listening in Morgantown? Give us your final score prediction. Let us know. Uh, by the way, our small Oklahoma town of the day, Lexington, Oklahoma. Ref Army Locators brought to you by Affordable Door Company where they do residential garage doors, commercial garage doors, service and repair, and garage doors openers as well. Uh, Check them out, affordabledoor.net. That's affordabledoor.net, or call 405-635-9499. All right, we'll get to the text line momentarily. Talking about Eddie Pierre-Louis, Grant Bricks, huge visit weekend. Parker said last segment, both still as of Tuesday, plan to make it to Norman. What about a um, certain committed five-star? Because the way that I look at it, seeing as OU plays at 11 a.m. the day after Thanksgiving, this is kind of like most guys' like real chance to make it to Norman yep. before the end of the season. Yep, this would be it. So I'm guessing they're trying to get Williams-Wenary on campus. What does
1: that look like as of right now? That I do not know. I will make some calls to that effect this evening to try and get a beat on whether that is a legitimate possibility. But obviously they've been – Angling to get Winnery on campus ever since there, he committed. you got to think yeah, they're yeah. going to be pushing it, hard to get him here. It hasn't year, happened yet, week. but look, you got a 6 p.m. kickoff. You have a commit at that very school in Kamari Moore. I this may like it, I'll put it to you this way: if he doesn't make it this weekend to OU, he's not coming to OU before signing day. So at that point. Again, do you necessarily feel like you don't have a chance on signing day if he doesn't visit? No, just wouldn't but be telling. it would it it would help the confidence level a lot more if he were to show up. So who, do Missouri
0: plays; they play Tennessee at home this week in Columbia. I'm sure that staff too is uh, come on down, come on Williams, come come see us play the balls. I think that game is in Columbia this weekend. Regardless if it's in Columbia or Knoxville or wherever it is, Missouri staff's trying to tell him, do not go. Do not go on that visit to
1: Norman. Don't do it. Yeah. Blue of Green Country says, ask the Morgantown listeners how many times Neil Brown is going to use a fake injury.
0: Probably every time OU picks up a first down. Gosh, I mean, it's, why? it's become
1: an epidemic. I, I like- hate
0: it too, guys, but why wouldn't you at this point? If you feel like that's the only way OU can consistently move the balls with tempo, then guess what? Yeah, it's going to
1: happen. Uh, another good text from Nick who says, The cure for unmet expectations is sometimes you have to lower your expectations. We can't be perfect all the time, especially when we're still building up our program under BV. Just got to have patience. Calm down, Sooner Nation. And that's my big thing. And Maybe I get a little bit more miffed than some others over the whole Jeff Lebby discourse because, like, Tyler, I've I've watched this all play out before. I've heard all these same takes before, and I've heard them from Nebraska fans. Right, who continually asserted, this is not this program standard, this is not good enough, we deserve better, we expect better, we can't be paying you this much money and getting these results. Look, you cannot expect microwave success when you have a coach who came in with a philosophy geared toward a long-term build toward championship contention. Brent Medibles never said or insinuated that he expected to be contending for a championship within two years. So, <laughs> again, like it, feels, it feels somewhat sacrilegious to say lower your expectations, but it's okay for Jeff Lebby not to be coaching at a championship level in 2023 just the same as it's okay for Oklahoma not to be playing at a championship level in 2023. That doesn't mean you're not going to be there next year. Or two years from now? Or five years
0: from now? I hear that, and and I know both teams are ranked in the top 25. I just think it's it's tough for some people to get to, you've got more talent than Kansas, you've got more talent than Oklahoma State. Why are you losing to programs like that if you're the University of Oklahoma? That's where I think it's tough for some people to get to.
1: And again, I would say right now, You look at where Kansas and Oklahoma State are nationally, those are two top 25 programs that have beaten some good teams Mm -hmm. and have given some other good teams a lot of problems. And so there is (laughs) – like the fact that you're talking about two losses to top 25 opponents here in 2023 shows how much growth you have seen over the course of a single season because last year the Sooners lost to West Virginia and they lost to Texas Tech and they lost to an atrocious Baylor team. Right. So I, losses are losses and they suck either way. I get that. But the losses this year are far more forgivable. And I know they weren't fun to watch, but they're far more forgivable in the grand scheme than some of the games you lost a year ago. Did you edit Trey's name on the on the text line? Did, did I? Maybe it I says
0: Trey don't read baiting for interaction. Okay. Well, I mean, that's true.
1: That is accurate.
0: I think that's that's what's going on here with his he says, uh, most we, recent text. He
1: says, we definitely have lowered our expectations at quarterback. Yeah. And again, look at the course. Though. Yeah. If you hate Dylan Gabriel, mm-hmm. you got four more games of Dylan Gabriel. Then it's the Jackson Arnold show. Yep. So. Hey, let me read uh, one quick thing
0: on uh, Nigel Smith. This was on uh, 24-7 Sports. What, you saw him last Thursday, correct? Last Thursday against Lovejoy? That is correct. So they have a big write-up every single Tuesday about, hey, here's players that we either saw in person or saw the live stream of their game. They saw Nigel Smith, uh, at least Roach did. It says, Melissa's frontline defensive stalwart was a problem for Lovejoy as he used his size and strength to physically overwhelm offensive linemen at the line of scrimmage and shut down running lanes. Nigel Smith looks like he's set to move to the interior at the next level. He uses his hands extremely well and sheds blocks easily. Nigel Smith played with a strong motor and was a nuisance up front. He should be able to provide some versatility for Oklahoma, but time and a college strength program should push him north of 270 pounds. He was a nuisance up front. That's what they need. That's what you like to hear. More... More of a nuisance up front. Need that in the SEC.
1: Yeah, and Nigel will get big when he gets to Oklahoma. And I've said it many a time, but the Sooners' vision for Nigel Smith is for him to be Rondell Bothroyd in the defense. And I I think a lot of Sooner fans would look at Rondell Bothroyd's lack of impact in the box score this year and hope that Nigel Smith ends up outperforming Rondell Bothroyd, which I think is a more than realistic expectation. I think he's going to be a stud. But that's kind of positionally where they see Nigel fitting in, a big-bodied defensive end that can set the edge in the run game and get after the passer as well.
0: How Did, uh, did you see Michael Fasusi on Friday? I did. Is that a good old-fashioned OU Texas battle for yeah. the uh, 2025 offensive
1: lineman? It seems that way now, but I would just caution everybody that – especially when you're talking about offensive linemen of that caliber, the battle that's being fought in November of their junior year might not resemble the battle that's being fought the following June, July as they're getting ready for their senior year. Offensive line recruitments, they can have their twists and turns. Oh, we're seeing that this year. Yeah, especially when you're talking about – a player that is of Fasusi's caliber, a guy that I expect to be in five-star contention.
0: Do you have a decision coming up this week in the 2025 class? Uh, Alex Shieldnight from Wagner, six foot three, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. I think twenty-four-seven lists as an edge. Rivals has him as a defensive end, number eight player in state, and kind of feels like that's going to be OU this week. And they're going to get what their sixth in-state commit for 2025.
1: Gosh, it's already that. It, it is already that many, isn't it? Man, that twenty twenty five class is a burgeoning. But yes, I I intend to be out at Wagner on Friday mm-hmm. night and. Wagner's a long way away, Tyler. Yeah it, I, is. yeah, it is. I don't really have any interest in going to Wagner America to watch a kid commit to Arkansas. So I, I believe it's going to be OU for Alex Shieldnight.
0: 9-1-8, didn't we lose to Houston and get blown out by Ohio State in 2016? Honestly, don't remember people for uh, screaming for Riley's head. He was in year two as well. I don't remember who everyone was uh, wanting to fire back in 2016 when OU started one and two. But they didn't lose another game the uh, the rest of the year. Didn't lose the rest of the game, ended up winning the Sugar Bowl. Uh four hundred five. I uh, used to make fun of OSU fans who would say next year. Now OU fans should be saying that. Can you see Alabama saying that? I'm sure Alabama fans were saying next year after they lost to Texas <laughs> and barely beat South Florida. But uh and, and here's the deal with what? OU. Like some are saying that the season's completely over. Like what that that great Drake Stoops quote from last night. Essentially, like, was the question was some fans are saying the season's over. Not mathematically at all. No. And again, no. I'm not saying that this is likely. You need a Texas loss, which the way that the conference has been officiating the two teams this year, Texas, it's going to happen to you. Continue to happen to you as well. So I, I guess I just wouldn't be shocked if Texas and Kansas lose a game or drop a game at some point, the challenge is OU finishing 3-0 the rest of the way out. And I know that we're not really in tune with the college football playoff rankings released tonight, but I saw a projection that had OU at 18. OU could still, and again, I'm not saying it's highly likely, but if you went out the rest of your games, there's a chance that you could sneak into a New Year's Six Bowl game.
1: Oh, yeah. So without question. There's still things... On the line, even though it doesn't feel good right now. Yeah. And to go back to that original text, which read, I used to make fun of OU f- OSU fans who would say next year, now OU fans should be okay saying that. Can you see Alabama saying that? No, I cannot see Alabama saying that. But I'm about to get real with y'all for a second. You're not Alabama. OU is not Alabama. No one is Alabama. Well, for the last couple of years, Georgia has been. But the point is. You should not be holding this program to the same standard as Alabama because Alabama has six national championships in the last 15 years. So, especially with six and seven in the rearview mirror, yeah, I would say you do need to be okay saying, wait till next year, at least when it comes to competing for a championship. Ohio Sooner says, I'm sure Alabama was
0: saying maybe next year in 2008. Well, they had a chance in the SEC championship game that year to beat Florida and play for a national championship. Came up short, and that's kind of where the dynasty started after that. 405, 651, 3439, Knippe Meyer Chevrolet text line. More OU football, more OU Cruton next, right here on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we are the home of Sooner fans. I'll tell you who's a good in state prospect, not in 24 or even in 2025. I'm not breaking any news here. But hashtag tell it. Caden uh-huh. Jones is a uh, really good running back up there at Jinx, huh? Keywon son.
1: He's got good genetics. That much is clear. Yeah, Jinx? He's got good genetics, and he's taken a big leap. That Jinx Bixby, Bixby game sophomore year.
0: was awesome on Friday night. and We had that on krefsports.tv, but um, has Bixby been pushed like that this year, like they did from Jinx? No. I, don't, I don't think so, man. No.
1: no. Jenks Jenks played gritty. They played tough. They gave him all they could. At the end of the day, Bixby's just kind of a runaway train. You can only hang with that team for so long. And to their credit, Jenks hung with them longer than anybody has.
0: But Caden Jones is a sophomore, man. Oh, he's a stud, man. Yeah, I wonder uh, when we get to his senior year in that class, where he might – and I don't know about other running backs coming up in 2026, but – I, I got to think he's going to be in that group that we're talking about for four star, high four star. Some he he may be ranked higher than his dad was coming out of Jinx. I, I think that that could be a possibility for Caden. He's he got a chance to be that special. He's real good, man. Uh, Andy Bass also really good. What um, Heritage Hall finished the regular season ten and zero. Andy Bass, OU commit, seventeen to twenty six for two hundred and sixty three yards, one touchdown pass. He also had 22 rushes for 193 yards, four touchdowns on the ground.
1: So just you know, just another, just another, another Friday Andy night Bass for day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five total touchdowns. Whatever. You want to take a guess at how many total touchdowns he has across his ten games? Um, I'm going to guess
0: 43 touchdowns for Andy Bass this year. <laughs> Impressive work. Spot on. Really yep. nice. What a 43 guess. touchdowns. Sweet. I just, you know what I did? I just do? said, uh, I bet his average touchdowns are like just, you know, just over four a game. Settled on 43, so yeah, lucky guess there. Very, very lucky guess. Is, I mean, uh, he that was.
1: Had, I I was out there earlier this season when he had six total touchdowns against Millwood. There was a game later on in the campaign, I can't remember against whom, but he had eight touchdowns in that game. That's your Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Oklahoma right now, is Andy Bass. Feels like it. Greg from Lawton says, Gentlemen,
0: this game we love and consume 24-7 is a game of competition, and in such you have to strengthen and mature to reach the pinnacle. We are witnessing this happening right now. Being cynical obs- uh, uh, obscures the view. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Boomer! Yeah, I uh, It's a. I don't even know if it's a win. It, it's a small win, if anything. But the tone after losses is drastically different than the tone after losses two and three years ago, isn't it? Like, the fan base, you as a fan, you're really bothered by those losses at the end. The head coach is, um, he's taken a whole lot of ownership, it sounds like to me, and he's obviously really bothered as well and trying to fight and trying to figure out ways to, to, to change things, but... I uh, I still believe in the head coach. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Like the past two weeks have haven't been great. This team's got to figure some things out. And I, I I'm going to guess the text line. The majority still agrees with this. But I still think you have the right coach in in charge to to get it where you need it to be. And the defense is significantly better than what it was last year. I think you do got to acknowledge that. Yeah, at this I, point. again,
1: it's about. And <laughs> I know nobody wants to hear these two words together. It is about incremental growth and right now Oklahoma's defense is not elite no one would accuse them of being elite but they are better than they were in 2022 significantly better oh it's not yeah not again if you are setting a tone and an expectation of progressive year after year growth and improvement towards championship contention you're going to get there if you have the right leaders if you have the right vision and you recruit and assemble the right cast of characters, which I believe Oklahoma is doing and will continue to do.
0: Okie okay, Tom says Venables is building for the long term. Love BV. Uh, 917, our team is growing up in public. 731, remember last season at this time? Yes, I do. They were. Five and four at this point last year. They were a five and four football team about to head to West Virginia. Ooh, great text from Julio. Live by the compass, not by the clock. We're headed in the right direction. Uh, Loco, Ohio, when it comes to Coach BV, we are the home of Sooner Nation.
1: Trust in thee. You like that one as well? Yes, Captain Willard says, oh, hell yes, we have the right head coach. Hammered Mm -hmm. on the BV
0: Kool-Aid. Captain Willer's been hammered on the BV Kool-Aid. I'm wondering when he's going to have his hangover, but it hasn't happened just yet. hugh has got,
1: uh, what, Game 10 coming up on Saturday. Good, good to hear it. Good to hear it, Captain Spartan Willer. Sooner, another good dose of perspective. He says, I'd much rather be upset after losing a game, giving up 27 points than 45-plus with the last regime. I'll take it.
0: This text has uh, rolled in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 times is Danny Stutzman coming back next year? Wow,
1: that listener really wants to know if Danny Stutzman is coming back next year. Well, I I don't know. No one knows. I'm sorry to be the bearer of well, I don't in, think, indeterminate news, but I'm not convinced Danny Stutzman knows. I don't think point.
0: that decision's been made right now. Like you, like sometimes the decisions made before the year. I don't think that's the case. I think he's it's probably going to depend on the draft grade. And how much that draft grade could um, improve by coming back for another year? So, like for instance, if the draft grade says I don't know second round, but even if he comes back for another year, it's still going to be right there in that same. Maybe he goes. Maybe he sees how much money he was able to make off a T-shirt this year, and he comes back next year and he wants to be a part of the first year in the SEC. That that's a difficult. That's a difficult question to answer. There's just so many variables right now with Danny Stutzman and coming back. Maybe more than any draft-eligible player out
1: there. That's, that, it just, it's, it's really tough, and yeah. I, don't, I don't think that decision's been made. If he does come back, I will, I will lock this prediction in right now. If Danny Stutzman is an Oklahoma Sooner in 2024, barring injury, he will win the Buckus Award. He'll, um, he'll definitely
0: be considered one of the front runners. And yeah, he may be considered, depending on who leaves, depending on who wins the award, what happens there, could be considered the front runner for that going into 24. Um,
1: <laughs> Jay from Medill says that Stutzman question texture is Kip Lewis's burner. <laughs> hey, uh, trust me. Well, I Kip, don't. Think- Kip's
0: playing so well. It's yeah. like it may not. They're, they're just
1: going to find a spot for him. I somewhere. don't think Kip is coming off the field, regardless of Stutzman's status. He's earned himself a slice of the pie moving forward. Hey, by the way, um, did Brian Odom
0: recruit Kip Lewis? Did, did, did Brian Odom get yes. Kip Lewis here? Yes, he did. Because Odom is the co DC now at USC. Oh. And I'm going to guess that they get rid of the majority, if not all of that defensive staff at Probably the end of this so. year. Um, but Brian Odom, and I'm not, OU's not looking for a new backers coach or anything. Well. But I do. <laughs> not right this second. Not right this second. I, I do wish him the best of luck because he did come back and coach the Alamo Bowl when OU was there after that staff left, right? Like I don't think Brian Odom wanted to leave the USC. He just didn't know if he was going to have a job. Exactly.
1: here. Exactly. I mean, you so speak-
0: so he got Stutzman here. He got Kip Lewis here. He got um, Tackett Curtis out in LA. Like I I,
1: um, I I hope good things come to to Brian Odom. He got Stutzman to Oklahoma sight unseen. Yep. Danny Stutzman had never been to Oklahoma. He's when he he's committed. a
0: good coach. I. I I'm I'll I don't think I need to die on that hill if that's a hill to
1: die on. No, that's but, I Odom's mean, a good coach. I don't think it's a hill to die on, but it it is undoubtedly true. It, what is undoubtedly true? what is is twofold. One, Brian Odom is a great coach and a great recruiter. And two, he does not want to be at USC. No, so, he like, does if, not. No. If Ted Roof wants to ride into the sunset. I know everybody's like, oh, I'll just throw James Skalski in there. He can be your next linebacker's coach. Uh, no, give me Brian Odom, please.
0: 405-651-3439, Knieppelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Bob Stoops joins us at 320. We'll close up locked in coming up next. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Bringing you this hour of locked in with McComas and Thoom. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC. Their low-pressure environment creates an enjoyable experience for everyone. Their sales staff is knowledgeable and eager to assist you before and after the buying process. They have all that and incredible pricing as well. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. The recruiting doomer talking about Brian Odom, which, by the way, Teddy reminded me, um, also responsible for Kobe McKenzie as well. Maybe the he, first time, the yes. The first time around, <laughs> yes, correct. So that's pretty good. Kobe McKenzie, Kip Lewis, Danny Stutzman, and Tackett Curtis. I mean, it, guy, guy can... Uh, Guy can recruit, that's for sure. The Recruiting Doomer says, Any coach that chose TBOW over OU, I don't want him. That's not really what happens. Lincoln took the job at USC, and it's essentially, Hey, I want you to be my linebacker's coach, but I need to know if you're coming by this date. And with the new staff, like Brent Venables had an idea who he wanted. there, like, Brian Odom would have stayed at OU, yeah, I yes. think, if given the opportunity. He just he didn't know if he'd had that opportunity. So if you hold out for an, a, a spot at OU, and Brent Venables has other ideas or someone in mind he wants to bring, well, now you don't have the OU job, then you don't have the USC
1: job, and then you're scrambling a little bit, trying to find somewhere. Exactly, and when you've got to feed your family, wherever you know you have a job, that's kind of where you have to go at a certain point. And uh, Brian Odom is an Okie. Grew up in Ada, was a high school football phenom. Shit, Yeah, man,
0: he was Played at the
1: University of Oklahoma. Trust me, you think he wanted any part of the move to USC? No, but at the end of the day, practicality outweighs emotion in those type of decisions when you're the one that actually has to make the decision. So, would Brian Odom come back to the University of Oklahoma if given the choice? I have zero doubt. Yeah, he would. But
0: we're... uh, Getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, I'm sure. Like local Ohio saying, "If Odom were to come back, would
1: Tackett Curtis follow him?" Now, <laughs> I, I will. T- I will tell you this: you would want him to. I will tell you this: if Brian Odom had never left Oklahoma's staff, Tackett Curtis would be a sooner. Because that's the reason Tackett Curtis went went to USC. It is as simple as. And he's noted. playing a lot as a true freshman out there, correct? I mean, who else is going to play? Well, it's <laughs> true, that man. It's true that. Uh, listener in the 240 says, Not crew. But how about Mule Shoe trying to gaslight us all about what our oh defense gosh, was like man. in his last what's, year? What's
0: he doing, dude? I know what it looks like. No, you don't. You, what, what do you mean you know what it looks like? Because you watched other great defense on TV? No, you don't. You, you were at Texas Tech and East Carolina and you had crap defenses here when you were the head coach. You don't know what it looks like, man. Shut up. Is he, tr- is he trying to rewrite OU football history when he was here? That the defense wasn't total crap under his watch? Is that what he's trying to do?
1: <laughs> I mean, that is the essence of gaslighting. You just figure if you say something over and over again, you're going to be able to convince people that your altered version of reality was what they actually lived?
0: I just, it was just He continues just to make weird comments, man. I think the guy's losing his mind or something. He- I don't know. He is atrocious
1: mm. at PR. Atrocious.
0: Yeah, um and, and I, I guess there's a thought out there, well, what does USC look like with Lincoln Riley and a legitimate defensive coordinator? Well, we'll see if they get a legitimate defensive coordinator. The question is, is Lincoln Riley gonna change philosophically? Well, that's I, that's
1: yes. the question. The larger question is, what does a really good defensive coordinator look like under the hex of mule shoe?
0: Yeah, it's just it's I don't think it's that simple that you can just hire some great defensive mind, and they're going to have a top-ten defense with the philosophy of the USC program right now. That's not, that's not really how it works. Can't, I don't think it works that way. Hey, real quick, we're talking about the program, all that. Why, why the large class this year? Why is this going to be the
1: largest class that OU's had in the modern era of recruiting? What's, what's the short answer to that? Addition by subtraction. You want to be able to have as much talent and it seems basic, it seems fundamental, but that's the reality. You want to have as much talent as possible, as much young talent as possible, specifically, as you make this transition to the SEC. So you'll oversign, cut a few dudes from the back end of the roster, Mm -hmm. tell them to get in the portal and find somewhere else. Bob Stoops joins us at 320. The rush is next right here on The Ref.